0: Too many men forsake their dreams because they aren't willing to risk or fear they aren't up for the challenge or are never told that those desires deep in their heart are good. But the soul of a man isn't made for controlling things, he's made for adventure. Something in us remembers, however faintly, that when God set man on the earth, He gave us an incredible mission, a charter to explore, to
1: build, to conquer, and to care for all creation. This show is about that ancient song that wells up within each man when he ventures into the unknown.
0: It sings out like a clarion call to the wild places of the earth. This is the Anthem of the Adventurer.
1: who are looking to answer the call to the wild places in their lives. I'm your host, Dan Zahner. Today on the show, we have an awesome guy who's found a passion for adventure, growth, and fostering deep connections with people through vulnerable conversations. He's a man of many talents, from video production to outdoor skills, and has overcome a lot of adversity from moving to Canada from Germany and starting his own business. You're going to love his story and his passion for life and adventure. So Please welcome my good friend. Today on the show, we have a uh, new friend of mine that I met through a uh, crowdfunding group online, uh, Kirsten Ross's crowdfunding on Uncut, Jan Keck, who is a awesome guy whose mission in life is to empower people to have meaningful conversations and connect with their tribe. And he's got some really cool stuff going on that I'm, I'm excited to talk about today. Welcome Jan, uh, awesome to have you and, and great to talk with you today.
0: Yeah, this is really exciting. Um, like I was messaging you before we got on this, I am really excited to chat and we have no idea where this is gonna go, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's part of the fun adventure. of this, right? Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where Where are you from, a little bit about your family and, and uh, kind of how you got into uh, your work?
0: Sure. Um, so without getting too much and going back to the the, the beginning of my life, I grew up in Germany but have been living in Toronto, Canada for the last 10 years. And when I first got here, I was here on an internship uh, for my studies and I met this girl that I fell in love with and decided, okay, I have to come back here. And the first few years was a lot of going back to Germany to finish my studies, coming back here to do my bachelor thesis, going back home to pick up my uh, diploma, coming back here. And at one point I just said, you know what, let's apply for residency. I don't like that insecurity of not knowing where I should go mm, and yeah. that was probably one of the hardest things I've done in my life because for that period of my life I was not allowed to work because I didn't have a work permit oh, and right. I wasn't wow. allowed to leave the country either so oh man just sitting in this limbo and I didn't know how long it's going to take because when you check online with uh, canadian immigration they give you rough estimates of how long it's going to take like 12 months 20 months but if it's going to be a year if it's going to be two years if it's going to take longer if they get more applications i didn't really know um so i guess i was trying to apply for any job that i could get um but i would have to find the employer first and then apply for the visa the the work visa so so i could actually work here and I had one interview, and because of that visa situation, they ended up not hiring me. And it was uh, pretty pretty stressful to the point where I literally thought I was having a heart attack. I was sitting in oh, wow. a workshop learning about how to become a documentary film producer. And at one point, I just felt like my heart skipped a beat, right? not in like, oh, the fun sense of being in love, but actually like stopped beating for like a moment and then continued. And I started like feeling my pulse and it actually kind of stopped and then continued. And I was really freaked out. And I didn't know what I should do because my wife at that point was on vacation. So I decided to call my parents in Germany in like the middle of the night. I think it was like 4 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) And my mom picked up and first thing I said was, Hey mom, nothing serious. And of course, if your only son calls at 4 a.m. in the middle of the night from a different country, it must like something must be going. Yeah. It's, I, it's not just to say hey.
1: <laughs>
0: exactly. So I said, um, I think I think I'm having a heart attack, but also I cannot go to the hospital because my insurance just ran out yesterday. Oh, no. And I probably scared my parents like seriously that night. Yeah, gave I gave them a heart attack. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I ended up staying with a friend who just lived close by, and he helped calm me down and everything. And the next morning, I like I renewed my, my insurance. I went to the doctor. They couldn't find anything wrong with me, aside from being stressed. And of mm. course, that was the whole thing about that situation of not knowing how long this is going to take. Um, I was not in control over anything, and that basically gave me that, uh, I don't know, that symptom of your heart skipping a beat. Yeah. That's the moment where I decided that I probably will have to start my own business because it's easier, or it seemed easier in that moment to find clients that pay me rather than finding a
1: company that would hire me. (laughs) Yeah. More than one way to skin the cat. Yeah. So so what did you end up uh, doing?
0: So I ended up um, starting my own freelance video production business Um, because that's what I studied in in Germany. I bought a camera. I just started talking to friends, asking them if they need any videos. I also did photos in the beginning. And most of it in the beginning was for free just to get a portfolio going, get my name Mm -hmm. out there. And I was really lucky that I connected with some pretty influential people at that time that my work that I did for them got seen by a lot of more people. And through that, I started getting my first few clients and um, was able in a way to basically start a business from, like I registered my business in Germany and then was only allowed to work from Canada for certain months of the year. So it was still oh, wow. was not completely working, um, but for, I think it was half a year I did that. And then I actually got my residency and I could register my business officially here in Canada. So um, in the end, it, I, all I had to do was pay, be patient
1: Wow. Yeah, easy, easier said than done, of course. Oh yeah, just be patient, wait till whenever. <laughs> yeah,
0: like the whenever was the problem. Like if they said, oh, it's going to take uh, until October first, and then you'll, you'll get a reply. Yeah, then you could at least plan, then, right? Yeah, then you could plan ahead. Or um, yeah, just not being able to leave the country either was, was hard too, because I, like I could go back to Germany. And in retrospect, it might have been easier to apply for my residency from there but then they might not have let me back into Canada on a Great. tourist visa, so it was this, yeah, which one is the less
1: less evil, uh, less wow. evil situation.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: I, I couldn't even imagine being in that situation. There's been a, a couple of friends who, working at a university, kind of meet an international crowd and a friend of mine from Iran had a similar situation. That's just, US immigration is even worse, we'll just say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But now, now I'm happy uh, to be in Canada. I can travel. I can work. And um, the video production business has grown a lot. And I actually started a second video marketing agency with a business partner. And then just Excellent. recently created this, this new product, which is um, instead of helping people connect through video online, it's helping people connect in person through asking deep questions.
1: Hey, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the Anthem of the Adventure. Today we're brought to you by the awesome patrons over on Patreon. Patreon is a platform where you can support the show on a monthly basis to help with production costs and also improve the show with higher quality audio, swag for supporters, and much more as we reach our monthly goals. Head on over to patreon.com slash anthem of the adventurer to pledge your support. And thank you for making this happen. Now back to the show. Cool. And that's kind of how we met. Your You have launched or are oh. in the process of launching this really cool card game can you tell us a little bit about that
0: sure so um the story which i think you find interesting as you love adventure actually when i created the cards it was um as part of a adventure camping trip that i was leading for six of my actually they were not even all my friends like some of the people i didn't know and most people didn't know each other so it was this camping trip and north of Toronto we have this park called Al- Algonquin Park where mm. you can go to the backcountry so you take your canoe you go into a lake you portage which means you carry your canoe to the next lake yeah and, continue. and if you do that a couple of times you're really as far away from civilization as you can probably do in like a day um, because you won't hear any cars if you're lucky you're the only group on the whole lake and you can just explore and enjoy nature. And um, the problem is the park is about three to four hours drive north of, tr- north of the city. Mm-hmm. And I knew that um, to get up there, we'll be driving in several cars. And if people don't know each other, I really wanted to facilitate the whole weekend to be around people connecting. And I could only be in one car. So <laughs> yeah. to come up with an activity where they, like everybody could do it by themselves. That's kind of how i came up with okay let's just print some interesting questions on cards give people like a deck of cards so they have these conversation starters in the car right up and then by the time we get to the park they've already gotten to know each other a lot better they've connected on a more meaningful level and um the experience will be just so much richer because of that cool so what kind of questions did you have on on the cards um actually i have some right here so now i actually uh I created three different levels of the questions because I've realized that um, you almost need to facilitate a conversation going from something that just is a little bit under the surface to um, at the deepest end, which I call the vulnerable questions. Mm. So uh, a lot of the questions I ask in the beginning are a little bit easier and just a bit more interesting. Um, Start is like, I'm just looking at one in front of me. How do you motivate yourself? Is one that I like. Mm. Um, One that I actually just added is, uh, what is the most spiritual experience you've had? Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, like they're all deep, deep questions. That's uh, how they're called, ask deep questions. So even the kind of lowest level starts at more meaningful things that you talk about with your friends. And then once you get to like the real vulnerable questions, it's things like, um, who taught you how to love? Or mm. you feel incomplete. And wow. it's something that most people will never have the chance to ask or other people or be asked themselves. But once we all share something vulnerable, like those details, those stories, in my opinion, it's all about sharing personal stories. That's mm-hmm. how we'll connect in like a very different way than in our usual day-to-day lives. That is
1: so cool. I don't know, you've probably already thought of this, but you should do a podcast where you ask a series of those questions to somebody, (laughs) just draw from the deck.
0: (laughs) I actually started doing that, and I'm trying to figure out uh, uh, the format for that to to launch it, but yes, I have thought about that.
1: Oh, man, well, we'll definitely have to talk about that offline, because I'd be happy to help in any way I can.
0: (laughs) Yes, you'll have to come back on the podcast, and we'll do some questions.
1: Oh, yeah, please, I lay it on me, I'd I'd be... Happy to answer any of your questions there. <laughs> That'd be really cool. And uh, oh, man, I'm definitely going to have to get a deck of those um, for, for my family, that would be really cool for some road yeah. trips this summer.
0: Actually, the other thing I started doing is um, I created questions specifically for mostly adults to ask their parents. Because Ooh, I feel like that's what I personally struggled with is uh, how to connect in a more meaningful level with my parents. Mm-hmm. And
1: it's, so what, what have you found through through that process
0: um, it, a lot of times to ask these kind of vulnerable meaningful questions it's awkward bringing up the topic and if you just print it on a card and you let people pull the card and they pick the question themselves then they're much more open to share things yeah so even with my parents it was something that I probably would not feel comfortable just bringing up as a topic like one of the one of the vulnerable questions uh, that is probably the one of the most vulnerable ones is when was the last time you broke somebody's heart and that's nothing i would like ever bring up with my parents yeah so, hey bob how's it going when was yeah.
1: last time <laughs> but if i listen to this too so don't, yeah I, I might ask you that in the future but you know <laughs> only when we're playing this game <laughs>
0: Yeah. So anyway, I started thinking about more questions that you would um, ask your parents. Like, what did you do when you were my age? Or Mm. how do you think your kids, like, especially if you have siblings, how do you think your kids are different or similar to you? Um, And just start connecting with them on a very different level. Because I feel like with most older friends and family, I'm just at a surface level. Like all of our conversations are pretty much Let's stay safe and comfortable here. Let's not go anywhere where we might we might actually share th- things that are too intimate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because you know you're at the the family gathering. You're at thanks you know Thanksgiving or or whatever, and you you want to have a good time. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You don't want to you know share something that might be uh, controversial. Um, but yeah, uh, but I, facilitating I, I, it this way sounds like a really safe way to do that.
0: Yeah. Plus. Every single person that i've played or asked questions with has said the same thing, and I know that's also true from research. We all feel very disconnected and isolated at times, and we just want somebody to ask us a question like that. We just feel like it's not allowed like there's like yeah. you said it's you don't want to ruin the good good vibes at a family gathering but I don't know many people that enjoy just talking about sports and the weather and what they do <laughs> on the weekend or where their next vacation is going. Um, we all crave these meaningful conversations. And if I can help people just start those conversations, that would that's pretty much my mission. Mm,
1: that's awesome. I love that. Um, I, I think we've, we've kind of alluded to it over the, the past few minutes here, but I, I wanted to ask you what, your definition of adventure is what does adventure mean to you?
0: Yeah, um I would say ad- adventure is actually one of the biggest values in my life. And it has something to do with the unknown and the unplanned uh part of life. Like we we can't make plans for everything. So there's a yeah. lot of unknown, there's a lot of like wilderness in a sense. And adventure is taking action to participate in that. And it gives, you, like, it gives me a, a lot of freedom because now you're in control to take the path that you want to go down and see what what is about to to happen. Um, that that to me, I would say is is adventure.
1: I love that the, the taking action part. I think is a big a big part of it. Is you can't just be passive <laughs> with adventure. You can't just talk about it. Can't live vicariously through other people that's that's really great
0: yeah and I actually see in the background of your you have a big yes <laughs> yeah out, out there which which actually is the like I did a lot of improv classes oh yeah that changed a lot how I it's almost became a life philosophy to me mm. because when life happens and it does the unplanned stuff you need to agree that it happened and find a, a way to kind of work towards um, like going forward. So that yeah. to me, like improv to me is when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, like you find the good, the positive spin in whatever happens. And uh, that to me is very related to the idea of going on adventures is yeah. taking that action, although sometimes it might be uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I, I like how you brought in the improv. Have you listened to or read uh, Tina Fey's book, Bo- Bossy Pants, by any chance? Actually, I have it on the bookshelf over ah, there. I haven't opened awesome. it yet. <laughs> it's, so, my wife and I is one of our, our favorite um, books. We've listened to it, I don't know, three or four times, at least, on, on road trips, mostly. Um, but there's a part in there where she talks about improv as kind of a life philosophy. Mm-hmm. And one of the things in there is this idea of yes and. Right? You don't say you know, somebody comes into a room and they say, ah, you're riding a bike with an elephant. You don't say, no, I'm not. Because that just shuts everything down. You say, yes, and he's holding a handgun. He's got me held up at gunpoint. Oh, no. Then things get interesting and you get to continue the story.
0: Yeah, and it's the same way with life. Like you have a, a choice to just shut it down when things happen, which doesn't necessarily work well most of the time. Or you can find a way to to add to it and almost become the the writer of the story.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, of, of, of course, there's nuance to that. Like, you know, if you're in uh, my former job of building nuclear submarines, sure, there's time to say no and shut things down. But, uh, you know, most of life is this, yes, yes and. <laughs> cool. Um, so with this this approach to life of, of embracing and accepting uh, things, especially as you uncover and discover new things, what's what's next for for you, either adventure wise, personal wise? Uh, we, we talked a little bit about uh, that offline. It looks like you've got an adventure coming up in October with your family.
0: <laughs> yes, I'll be a dad for the first time in October. So that's congratulations. Adventure in unknown territory that I can only prepare so much.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's um it's a one of those things you think you're you might be ready for it and then whether you are or not it's there
0: (laughs) so you do you have any tips to share as
1: man um, into
0: that adventure
1: i would say uh number one would be to um as much as you're going to love your child focus on loving your wife the best that you can. And sometimes that means putting the kid in the next room <laughs> and focusing on your marriage first. Um, and then also keep your friendships with your guys very strong so that when you have those days where you've been up at three in the morning with the night feeding and the kids crying and everything, you can unload and vent to them and be strong for your child and your wife. Those are the two things I would say will be one of some of the most important.
0: Yeah, that is great. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is really helpful.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. And as we've talked about as well, uh, part of that brotherhood, our, our mutual friend uh, Tuan Nuyen and I are part of the Dad Edge Alliance group that Larry Hagner runs. And it's, I mean, no joke, um, the best group of excellent men I've ever found and from all spectrum of, of fatherhood too, there's a, a guy on my weekly call team that I run whose wife is due here in three or four weeks <laughs> to guys in their 50s and 60s and everywhere in between. So that would be a, a great place to go as well. Yeah, I'm, d- I'm definitely talking to... and brotherhood.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely talking to some friends as well that are, have like a similar due date. Um, that we need to get together and and chat strategies and tips and all of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's one of those things where you know this this philosophy of of yes and accepting what's happening and and moving on is going to be really important because you know sometimes the baby's just going to cry and you don't know what's wrong and it's just this is what it is. Yes, and let's all right. Let's see where we go from here. <laughs> yeah, so far I've been
0: pretty good with not making too many plans, but it, sometimes you definitely feel like I'm not prepared enough, and I think that's like what every every expecting parent feels. Oh yeah. And I even have that when I'm going on a camping trip. I'm like, did I pack everything? Like, did I?
1: <laughs>
0: did I make camping sure trips are going to be even more fun things? with a kid. <laughs> and then I have all those things with me, and half of them we don't need because I was overprepared. Yeah, <laughs> um, I didn't even have to carry them on on my back.
1: Yep, I mean, as long as you can carry it. Yeah, um, that's. I think that's one of the most fun and adventurous things about fatherhood is like seeing everything through new eyes. You know, as your as your kids get older, we've got a four year old and a two year old and a negative few months old as, as at the time of this recording. Um, I mean, they're just learning new things all the time and being able to see something that is familiar to you through. A new lens is really cool. Yeah, I, I'm getting. I wouldn't say
0: that I'm comparing this, but I'm getting a little bit through uh, the cat that we have who actually oh, hey. jumped on my on my seat <laughs> there behind me. We're um, cat people as
1: well, so it's fur, furry family members are good teachers as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if that is something you would do, but I took we took our cat on a canoe camping trip last year. <laughs> really, like. Try the family adventure, um, and it actually went really well, like we were prepared to like call it and like drive back or like not have it work at all, but he was he was really fine in the canoe, he was fine, and like he loved being in the tent and sleeping in the sleeping bags really and exploring outside when we left, he was so upset when we were pulling, pulling down the tent he's like, no, I want to I wanna stay inside the tent."
1: Wow. That- so is he is he kind of an indoor outdoor cat normally or? Uh...
0: Uh, well, he he kind of adopted us like he came from the street and ah. we trying to find the owner we couldn't so we ended up with this cat so we don't know his his history I don't think he was a complete outdoor cat, um, but we always like to take him out and, and see how he how he uh, how he experiences it and what he does. Wow. Well, if, uh, if my wife ever
1: listens to this, she'll be uh, interested. To- <laughs> About I'll, I'll send that. you the video that I did Oh my goodness, please do How how did you like keep it from like running away? <laughs> or...
0: um, so we, we had like a harness uh-huh. uh, a leash and for when we were camping we basically created this kind of system with these really long ropes and then attached the leash with a carabiner to that so he had a lot ah. of room to kind of explore and walk around by himself um, Cool But he's not the most Like he's curious, but he's not the. Like he wouldn't just run off in the forest. He's pretty slow, so we knew that we can keep an eye on him. But it definitely is, like thinking about it in a way of taking kids camping. Like you always have to keep an eye on them, Mm -hmm. keep them alone for the whole time. Definitely not going to use a leash, but um, (laughs) there's some similarities that that um, we definitely found. Like having to get up in the middle of the night when he needs to pee or poo, uh, or when he's hungry.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's some good training there. I mean, yeah, preparing for the for the unexpected and like having to manage your expectations about what a camping trip is like. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure.
1: What would you say you're looking forward to most about, um, do, do you guys know what you're having yet, a uh, boy or girl? We'll find out this week. Ah, excellent. Well, well good luck. Well, at
0: least, at least we're trying to find out who knows if the, if the baby co- cooperates.
1: Right. Yeah. So sometimes you, uh, they don't turn around the right way, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, whatever your, your son or daughter, whenever they come, what are you most looking forward to, uh, bringing them along and, um, adventuring with them on?
0: I think taking them out into nature will be a big part. because both my wife and me. We love being out in nature and, um, like cooking food on the fire and mm. like having, Making, making a coffee during sunrise, in sitting in the canoe, or something things like that are experiences that I think shaped me much as a kid. Like I always went to summer camp as a kid myself. Um, although that was in Germany, it's not the same type of wilderness that we have here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely was a huge part of growing up. And I would say it was nature and then the community through summer camp with the other people that were there. Um, were some of the most yeah, most life-changing things when I was growing up.
1: That's awesome. We're, we, have, we have that in common, actually. <laughs> I, I grew up in, in Minnesota and we, we did a church camp um, a few summers growing up in in the middle of nowhere, uh, Minnesota. Just for those times of being out in the woods with you a know, pe- few hundred people you didn't know and exploring mm-hmm. and learning new things. What, what were the, some, some of the things that you learned through those, um, camping trips? Um, well, I think there was so
0: so many lessons, I guess, um, but I found a group of people that really accepted me for who I am. Mm. Like I, at that age when I just ended being a kid at summer camp and started becoming a counselor, um, I think I had this group of friends that really supported me figuring out who I am and giving me the the space to do that. And then supporting me. Like first year that I was a counselor, we actually, for some reason, there was a kid at camp that was older than me. So I was the youngest (laughs) counselor and there was an oldest kid and he was older than me. So I had a really hard time uh, getting respect from the other kids. And I think without the support from the other counselors who became really close friends of mine over the years, I would have not, like I would have totally retrieved and um, like said, this is not for me. I, mm. I will never be able to do this. And now I feel like those lessons I'm still applying because I'm creating these, like, like the camping trip last year, I'm creating another type of retreat where I really want to facilitate this journey for people to cool. like, get away from the city get away from all the distractions like don't have reception on your phone so you're not tempted to even turn it on and then um, reconnect with nature and reconnect with yourself and others
1: that sounds amazing can you tell us some more about that i mean there's probably preliminary it's the things you might not be able to say about it but
0: yeah well it's there's this place outside of the city. And actually you asked me in scheduling the podcast, who is somebody that I would might recommend for the podcast. And it's at his property. His name is David Masters. And he actually cool. lived in a yurt um, just an hour outside of Toronto. Really? His goal for the longest time was to be completely off the grid. So produce produces his own electricity. So he has like a solar, pa- solar panel, wind turbine. Um, he started growing his own food. He has some chickens. Um, he ended up meeting someone, so it got a little bit more complicated with the, with the planning, and they moved out of the yard. Now they moved back in the yard. Uh, and Canadian winters, especially out there, is oh, yeah. pretty, pretty cold. But he has this amazing property, this little forest. And anytime when you arrive, I think he does that on purpose where he doesn't tell you where he is and he doesn't pick up his phone. We try to message him and he says, oh, I'll I'll be back in like an hour. Just take a walk through the forest until I get get there. (laughs) And I'm sure like he's sitting at the yard, like thinking, no, I want him to like leave all that city energy behind before we we connect. Because that's literally how it is. You walk inside that little forest and there's this little stream that goes down and immediately you feel grounded. Like there's just something about this place that takes all that bad city energy and just sucks it right out of you. And um, then when you actually get to meet him, it's like you just uh, had this like hour long time where you were breathing this fresh air walking through the forest and you just are with nature and it's it's amazing. So I want to take people out to experience something like that.
1: That sounds absolutely amazing and just what this world needs. <laughs> yeah, It's more of that.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of people in cities that um, like I've had somebody on the camping trip that has never been camping all his life and he grew up in Toronto. Like it's not that hard to, yeah. to get outside, but there's a lot of little things that you need to know to actually get completely away from the grid. Like car camping is very different than organizing a backcountry canoeing trip because you have to bring everything. You have to bring your food. You have to bring your shelter. You have to make fire. You have to cook on the fire or on a like, camping stove. But if you forget something, there's no way you can just run back to the car and grab it. And <laughs> in case something happens, you're literally away, like a couple hours of hard work uh, away from like a hospital or any medical attention. So it's like the, in terms of the unprepared, uh, the... Um, the unknown and wilderness. That's that's like the the biggest type of adventure you can have is if it's literally, you know, sorry, in a way, a, a matter of life and death. Yeah. Um, of you coming back, like there's a chance that you might die. Is small, but it's there more mm-hmm. than when you when you live in your city apartment every day.
1: There's a there's a good friend of mine who um, Eric Davis. He's a, re- a retired Navy SEAL who. I think you would really enjoy getting to know. Uh, But he talks about building brotherhood and uh, helping people reach new levels of performance through experiences kind of like you're talking about that have a non-zero chance of death. (laughs) And being able to get through that as a team, uh, which brings you closer together um, through all sorts of newer chemical reasons. Um, And when you come out of that, you've discovered some things about yourself, you've grown closer. So I think you're, you're absolutely right that there's just something ingrained in our biology about that, well, I might die today kind of thing.
0: And I would say those are the types of experiences that really connect you to other people. Like if you share this type of emotional experience with someone else, you're a lot closer than any conversation could get you or any like chatting back and forth on on Facebook could get you if you're yeah. in a situation where it's like a, not even, it doesn't even have to be like a matter of life and death, but something emotional that um, you're str- both struggling together through. That's where the, the, the deepest connections happen. And so that's yeah. what, I'm, what I would like to create for people without actually people getting hurt. But sure. Yeah. <laughs> at least, the pers- like, there's a lot of perceived danger that that people have. Like, even if it's like fear of public speaking, it's like nothing's gonna kill you, but people feel the same way about it than some other people feel about uh, skydiving.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point of just kind of getting people over their fears together as a way to bring them closer. Whether it's out, you know, through outdoors or public speaking or what have you. That's a, a really good point as well. And I mean, I couldn't imagine once you layer on top of that, you know, kind of slightly dangerous situation, those deep questions that you're talking about, then you really are, are hitting two different levels uh, from a couple of different angles of bringing people closer.
0: Yeah, I, I would say being vulnerable is also something that people are scared of. And if you're vulnerable together, it's the same thing. It's not, a matter of life and death, but it still feels, for some people, like a scary thing to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Man, that, that just sounds awesome. When, when is this uh, a, event, or uh, at least notionally, do you have some dates yet?
0: It's gonna be sometime in, actually, let me ask you a question, as <laughs> our due date is in early October, and I wanna make sure that I don't plan things too close to that right now. <laughs> uh, probably August or early September.
1: That's probably safe unless, uh, you know, we have a really premature, um, delivery, but yeah, that's probably pretty good.
0: I'm (laughs) planning to be home for like the the month before, before our due date.
1: Yeah, that should be fine. We're uh, kind of, kind of in the same boat, getting a bunch of work trips done this summer (laughs) (laughs) before, uh, you know, mid August and and then we'll, then we'll be home (laughs) before, uh, baby number three at end of September. But I mean, our our first uh, first child, our son, came two weeks early. Jane, our daughter, came two hours late. Well, quote unquote late. <laughs> um, so we'll see with number three. Who knows? They're they're all different.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure that, uh, like you were saying, sometimes the relationship with your wife is more important than the one with the kid. I also want to make sure that she's okay with me leaving. So kind of.
1: Just yeah, especially <laughs> if you're going to be not reachable by phone. <laughs> yeah.
0: This experience will just be a weekend trip um, that is less less adventure, more just like a quick getaway from the city.
1: Oh, that's and good. And then
0: um, I'll be talking to my friend David, and we'll, we're we planning something together for July for a week-long um, backcountry camping trip where we canoe down a river uh, in northern Ontario, which is something oh, awesome. I've never been, and it's, um, I think, they said something like eight to 10 hours north of, north of the city. So it's really. Wow. That sounds excellent. Yeah. But that that's something that I want to do just for myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another important part to adventure as well is sometimes you just got to do things not necessarily to bring you closer to other people, but for yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: There's, there's always something to learn. And like, I, I would say I'm a, a lifelong learner. Like, a lot of the things I do take action on that are uncomfortable is because I want, I want to continue learning and mm. I want to continue growing. Like, growth is another um, important value of mine. And the biggest thing I've learned is once you get clear on what your vision is, or at least you have some, like, goal, almost like you're navigating with a compass, like you know the direction that you're heading. You just have to keep going in that direction. And it's always uncovered territory, like you've never been there. Can be really uncomfortable at times. And there's so many parallels you can draw with, uh, like actually navigating with like map and compass in the wilderness. It's the same thing. You can prepare, but then you don't really know where you're gonna get to.
1: Yeah, the map only gets you so far in terms of information. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. that's that's a really good good analogy um and might even tie into the next question i want to ask you as we, as we start to wrap up is um what would you challenge me and the, the audience to do this this next week in in this arena to embrace adventure in our lives
0: so as i'm all about having more meaningful conversations it's going to be around conversation but let me let me ask you a question when was the last time you talked to a
1: stranger uh today actually met somebody new um yeah just before recording this (laughs) nice. (laughs) he had had accidentally booked the podcast to recording equipment thinking it was a conference room
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's great um and you guys had like a at least quick meaningful conversation
1: yeah yeah we learned some things about each other what, what we do um got a you know kind of uh hope to connect later and, and talk a little bit more. So, yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah, like I feel that those moments don't happen often enough. And a lot of times I feel I myself am too afraid to start a conversation with strangers because you're always afraid of rejection. Mm, but yeah. like the most amazing people I've met just by talking to them. So I would challenge everyone to start talking to strangers more, and I'll give you maybe some, some tips as well so it's less awkward. Um, one of the best places to start a conversation, I would say, is in a lineup. If you're waiting for coffee, if you're waiting, for, yeah. if you're waiting for anything, especially if you're waiting for more than five minutes, <laughs> you definitely should talk to the people in front or behind you. Okay, they a have, Great story about that. <laughs> they have nowhere to go, and they're probably as bored as you are. Yes. Uh, you probably have something you can complain together about. Although I would not go that route. Um, the there's one really simple trick on how to make any conversation more meaningful, especially when people at networking events, a lot, a lot of times people ask, hey, what do you do or
1: where do you work? Yeah, that's usually the first question. You're like, well, done so much more than that. <laughs>
0: yes, so, so the really good follow-up question to that is, why do you work there or why did you start that profession? As soon as you start asking why, suddenly a very bland conversation becomes really meaningful.
1: Oh, so, I like that.
0: I would challenge you and the listeners to start a conversation with a stranger and try to find some way to ask them a why question based on whatever you start talking about.
1: That's a fantastic challenge, and I think one that any of us can do. Um, <laughs> I, I mentioned it briefly earlier that I had a about talking with strangers in line. Um, one of the things I've started to do is um, whenever I go on a work trip, I stay at an Airbnb Mm -hmm. instead of a hotel just to make it a little bit more of an interesting experience. And I was visiting the University of Oregon and on my way back, we got stuck in the Portland airport for an ice storm. And I got talking to the other people who were trapped there (laughs) in line and we were saying our flight wasn't going to leave that night. We're like, well, everybody's got to find a place to stay and started talking and we're like, hey uh you guys want to go in together on an airbnb (laughs) so we got six of us to split an airbnb in portland and found i think one of the most interesting houses i've ever seen it was this art deco building and kind of downtown ish and the guy who hosted it was really eclectic and had filmed a rap music video in his living room the night before (laughs) i don't know if you've ever heard of the video game starship titanic no i haven't it's It's by Douglas Adams. There's a lot of art deco um, stuff with this spaceship, but it looked like something out of that video game. It was like, you know, kind of metal and, you know, uh, decorations from the, you know, probably the the jazz age in there and the living room had a projector and also a piano on a stage and a fiber optic uh, display of fireworks and a plane landing in Portland and there was mirrors everywhere. It was really odd. But that just,
0: sounds, sounds like any house in Portland.
1: I, be, I imagine so. I wasn't there long enough to, to you know see uh, just how unique this house was. It was a very small sample size, but <laughs> it, it all came from just talking to people in line at the airport. They were all trapped.
0: <laughs> yeah. And like a good conversation starter is always like you were doing mentioning something you have in common. Like, hey, we're all stuck here, it, right? Or yeah. the other one I like challenging myself, which again is kind of the uncomfortable thing to do, is find a genuine way to give them a compliment.
1: Mm.
0: Like, hey, I really like your haircut. Or like, especially for men, giving a compliment to, to another man is not, if, not the easiest, but I would say it always sparks an interest from the other person to start a conversation if you start with, with appreciating them for something.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point and h- hard to get used to, but when, once you do, it's it's pretty powerful.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: this has been absolutely awesome. I'm looking forward to, to keeping our conversation going and getting to know you better. Um, where could people find out more about uh, everything you're doing, Jan?
0: So if you want to find out about the cards and the questions, you can go to Ask Deep questions.com and that actually links also to my personal website so you can find out everything else that i'm up to um yeah that's probably the best place and then if you wanted to send me a message or reach out connect personally i'm usually mostly on facebook or instagram and youtube actually youtube is a big one too i started to do a lot more videos over oh great
1: yeah Excellent. We'll make sure to have links to all of that down in our show notes and put it in our, our Facebook group, um, along with your challenge once this uh, episode goes live here in a few weeks. And uh, looking forward to seeing what uh, the group does with that. It's it's always cool. We do a weekly challenge on the Monday that the episode airs. So if you, if you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, I think you're in there. Um, yeah, I'm in there. So we'll see uh, what people do with your, your challenge through the, the week this episode airs. Looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if anybody has some like questions or challenges with the challenge, I'll, I'll check in to the Facebook group, make sure that I can reply to any questions.
1: Excellent, that'll be so awesome. Well, Jan, it's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure to have you on today. Um, I hope you have a great rest of the day. It looks like you got some nice weather up there in Toronto to, to enjoy.
0: It's a bit cloudy, but it's nice and bright.
1: That's good. (laughs) Take care and uh, we'll talk again soon, my friend.
0: Yeah, thanks very much.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Anthem of the Adventurer. Please leave us a review in iTunes. Those are the lifeblood of a new podcast and we really appreciate those. If you want to continue the conversation around this episode and engage with your fellow adventurers on our weekly challenge, join our group on Facebook. Now go out and live your adventure.